Desensitizing with Chelsea Hart. I have Rishabh Sharma here, a world-class sitar player to talk to us about Hindustani classical music. He's very humble, but he goes uh, crazy viral. Deepika Barukon yeah. shared you. <laughs> Does she follow you? No, she didn't follow me, but um, so I've been working with her organization, Live, Love, Laugh Foundation. So she has like a mental health foundation. Oh, wonderful. And I've been in the mental health space for about two years now. Mm. So How did you get into that? Because obviously, like, many people find sitar soothing. Yeah. Yeah. So it was during the pandemic. I was uh, going through a lot of anxiety and depression. Of course. And I, Go crazy inside, huh? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, first of all, like, I wasn't being able to perform. And mm. then... Or create much, yeah. I was creating, but it was, like, not the same. I wasn't, yeah. wasn't in touch with real-life human beings. Mm. And I think the zenith of... Like, my mental health was when uh, I lost my grandfather. So he was... Is this at the beginning of the pandemic? Uh, it was right in the middle of the pandemic. Oh, was this, so was this when... So I lost him in 2020, this, September. Did he... Was it because of COVID? Um, COVID and uh, some... Uh, he also fell down. He broke his hip and he couldn't recover from that. And he was, like, in his... Uh, uh, passed away in his bed. You know, he was very, very depressed also because... Mm. Used to walk a lot. So he yeah, was, he, of course. He of course. Disability he, is is also a mental health challenge. Yeah, challenge. yeah. So yeah. it really like opened my eyes because earlier, before that, like no one in India like cares about mental health. To be honest, like not a lot of people I think even know also, about mental I think, health. I think I think that's a survival thing as well. I think yeah. I think this is also like just centuries of British abuse and stuff. Because I think hmm. I think many generations of Indians like suppress you know these things i think for survival i think it's a habit now because yeah. of because of so much violence you know yep, yep. and i think like mindfulness and all these things that are in it's endemic of india you know mm. mindfulness all these like new world <laughs> practices are older than civilization according to india you know absolutely i mean it's i think it's a reclamation i think this is people getting back into this this is an endemic part of india is mindfulness and focusing the mind and and challenging the mind and structuring it you know yeah, and also, I don't blame my parents because that's how they were brought up too. Like, I would talk about, like, my mental health with my mom. Mm. She was like, what are you talking about? There's nothing um, such as that. Mm. Look at, um, you know, people in the army. They go through a lot, and they're just fine. I was like, mom, they go through so much And they PTSD. have lots of problems. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> you, see, you see the surface, but you don't know what happens after. Oh, so, PTSD is fucked. Oh, yeah, but now I'm so proud that they are... Uh, woke now about mental health mm. and like I think me. Sushant Singh Rajput really also opened a yeah. lot of people's eyes because I had um, I mean it's not it's not big but like when he by the way so for non-Indians <laughs> which is most of you um, <laughs> Sush, Sushant Singh Rajput <laughs> was uh, a very very talented Bollywood actor just absolutely ahead of his time and unfortunately yeah. He uh, committed suicide. suicide, and you know, there's lots of speculation what happened, but um, I, what I think his death did was open the eyes. I think put put mental health on a mainstream platform for a mm. lot of Indians, and in, I mean, just Desis in general. I think, yeah. I think a lot of people like 
took it very seriously because he was so beloved. But at the same time, there were a lot of speculations that oh no, he was murdered. He he was like just fine. He wasn't. Uh, he was like he was just hanging with me a couple of days ago. He wasn't oh, yeah, depressed or anything. Yeah, he was but murdered. People could put on a face. Yeah, exactly. And I was doing that too when I was depressed. Yeah, I like, think I would pretend that I'm happy. Like I would talk to my friends on Facetime. I was like, yeah, yeah it's all good. Yeah. Like as soon as we hang up, like it's just like. Yeah. Life suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I struggled with that too. I had to get on meds recently, actually. Wow. Yeah, that was the only thing that like brought me out of it. I had a very traumatic event beginning, beginning of the pandemic, like mm. uh, proper PTSD, mm. which I'm still like going through the diagnosis process and, and you know, honing in on what it is. But mm. yeah. But yeah, so that's coming back to how, you know, the pickup other ones organization and we So she cross follows paths. you. So that organization follows you? Yeah. So oh. now 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 we oh have God, friends with Deepika. Yeah, we have like a group chat on WhatsApp ah. where we, where what, we really? talk about Yeah, we talk about oh, like he's in know, a group <laughs> This man is in a group chat with Deepika Padukone. I'm fucking Her organization, dead. not uh, Deepika. I'm fucking dead. Okay, but But also Deepika her uh, like a lesser known fact that her sister Anisha Padukone, she actually runs um the the foundation and she's okay, very so instrumental. he's friends with Deepika Padukone's fucking sister. Yeah, we can say that. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> so, yeah, we have a group chat where we discuss, you know, how to spread the dialogue on mental health. You mm. know, we, um, so I started the series called the Sitar for Mental Health and where I play one raga every week. Mm. So, so just sort of calm people down. I also educate people about Indian classical music mm. and the benefits of Indian classical music. Mm. So we're also, you know, studying the effect of Indian classical music on the brain. Huh. So yeah, that's interesting because so many people find it so soothing as yep. opposed to like Western music, I think. Um, is it it's obviously intended to be that way, I think. Yes, it's um uh, there's a sadhana, there's also it, it should be listened to in the right manner. Like how I do my events is very different from uh how traditionally or um, just like how Indian classical music events are happening right now. So I like to have floor seating. So everyone is on the floor connected to the earth. Mm. I ask them to close your eyes, uh, mm. close their eyes, meditate, focus on your breathing. Mm. No one else, you know, uh, you know, guides them through it. So I, mm. you know, took a little training about, you know, breathing exercises, some mm. yoga. And that's real that's though. That, that, that's really like people. Oh, trust me. Like breathing exercises are underrated. They're highly underrated. And when they experience Indian classical music, like how I want them to experience it, like, mm. yeah, it, it really did wonders on my mental health. Mm. So now we're actually putting in some studies, some uh, uh, some PhD people into uh, like our cause and, you know, just mm. studying, mm. you know, what, how, so yeah, I just want to get into people's brains. Like, what do you feel? Because uh. I, how I listen to music, it would be different because I have like years of training, uh. but for someone who has no idea what a raga is mm. and still there it, it's it's uh, helping them and healing them mm. i i want to understand like what's going on and in their head i love i love also like, so you can explain this to me cuz i yeah. so what he keeps saying a raga for the westerners listening a raga does not have a similar concept whatsoever i think in western music but also in any music i don't know if it no. has any other concept outside of the indian subcontinent and, you know, while I was driving here also, I was just thinking like how, you know, I have, I, I don't think any artist has ever successfully explained what a raga is. It's, it's just something that you learn and then understand. Mm. So, I mean, Teachers. some like, <laughs> some, some like to be um, very abstract and they say it's like a palette of colors and the painter, I mean, the picture you paint. 
is is the raga so a raga is it's what like colors your mind it's like a mood no not even a mood it's mm. it's just like something that colors your mind and mm. as an artist you have to maintain that color uh it's not just like an ascending and descending structure yeah, yeah. that you have to follow there's every note has to be played in a certain way there's a huh. mood that you have to sustain and there's this color that you have to uh, uh maintain and you improvise within that yes so yeah. now you like sort of make make a boundaries like okay you made you made a pitch for yourself now yeah. you have to just like navigate and, 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 and inside of that what's interesting about hindustani classical music versus western classical music and one of the things that really like got me obsessed with india yeah so i have i have classical training in the west Mm-hmm. and the west you're judged on you know your tone and and you know your execution of those tones and stuff mm-hmm. in hindustani the judgment of a good singer is how quickly you can uh you know switch between the notes and maintain them yes i mean speed is one aspect of it but also flavor and taste your flavor and and you know soul. how yeah the soul of it and and how yeah. and what your improvisations do with the raga and yeah. and how you interpret you know this yeah mm-hmm. So very you know, you know what's funny? You know, I some of my friends were you know there are there are a lot of reels that come in when you browse through Instagram. So there are a few other sitars also. You know, uh, a, a friend of mine said you know after watching your reels and this guy just popped up on my feed. You know, he was just trying to play like as fast as he can. He's like she was like it actually gave me like heart palpitations. <laughs> you know how he was like playing so fast, mm. like you know. we crave soul and taste rather than just want to see how good you are at your instrument mm. so it's much more than that speed is just like one aspect of so the your flavor play. of your improvisation yeah i focus on the flavor like i show speed where i have to uh. but like not everywhere like and that's I, also another part of the delicacy of how you interpret this is yeah. like can you go show your range as a skilled you know yeah. instrument like this is an instrument so yep. can you show your speed as an instrument and then mm. also still maintain the heart yeah so i ah. think the heart's missing now yeah. so we focus on the heart so you yeah, have say. classical training in your voice yes i so my dad put me in uh, into classes when we were like 9 years old uh. my brother was about 12 and mm. i was 9 and he started that's our, like our family tradition that we start off with vocal classes mm. and then we pick our instrument And it's the how I get, got into sitar is very very interesting as well, you know, because my dad won't let me touch a sitar. He was like, either you'll break yourself or you'll break the instrument. Mm. So he's, you're gonna hurt yourself. So for like a good two years, he didn't let me touch the sitar. Mm. And at the Even same time, he makes were, them. Yeah, he makes them, and that's why he has so much reverence for it. Mm. And at the same time, my brother was getting classes, and I used to just watch from this little window, like what, what's happening inside. Mm. So I was just like, when t- someone tells you to not do something, you want to do it harder. <laughs> I know, yeah. So, so, but finally, you know, I I picked up the guitar. I played it for about like a year and a half. And can you I, play guitar now still? Yeah, yeah, I can play chords, bar chords, mm. and some uh, lead. I can play. So I got pretty good at guitar, and then this one day, there's there was this broken sitar that came in from a return shipment. Mm-hmm. So uh, sadly, that sitar didn't make it like in one piece. So the customer just sent it back. Uh, FYI, like my family makes musical instruments, so we have a store called Ricky Rams here in New York. So that sitar came in. It was a small studio sitar, just like this. Uh, it was a teak one, so it was yellow in color. And so my dad fixed it and just uh, like hung it up uh, to dry. No, with all the glues and everything. So I saw it for a couple of days, and I was like, "Papa, like now, I mean, this this sitar is already broken. Like it's already fixed. It's not like a new instrument, so I can I, I cannot break it anymore. So can I just try my hands on it?" 
then he was like acha chal okay fine that's fine okay and i picked up the sitar and within minutes i figured out like sare gama pa danisa and and i started playing some songs and he was like where did you learn that and then i was like it's just like the guitar the frets are the same you know the action is mm. pretty much the, uh, pretty much similar because my dad you know did wonders with this instrument that i'm going to play for you guys so the action was very similar to the guitar and uh, within minutes i started playing you know some uh, uh, some compositions that i have heard the classical compositions not what, even like what songs what did you say the maga Resa, Sare gama pa da ni sa. So that's so that's, like, that's Indian Doremi. Yeah, that's Indian Doremi for solati do. Yeah. So that's Sare gama pa da ni sa, sani da ba magare sa. So I figured that out like within 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 seconds, and mm. it, it came so naturally to Especially, me. Especially, but also I I had a similar experience with like picking stuff out of the guitar. Yeah. I mean, if you have an ear for music, if you're trained to listen to some, like it's not hard to have mm. your ear pushed down a note and go ah that note, mm. and then when you're already trained with yeah. you know. intervals and stuff. Yep. So it it came pretty naturally to me and then he said, "Okay, from tomorrow I um we'll start your classes." Then he started teaching me personally rather than anyone else coming out of the um out of the house. And so the first raga he taught me was Tilak Kamoth, which is still my very dear to my heart. And and then he prepared a piece for me that I played for my grandfather's death anniversary the uh, the following year. So Yeah that's that, that's how like my journey began it started with the guitar because mm. I started guitar because like it was cool and you know I would get ladies <laughs> <laughs> But why why do you love the sitar particularly and also like is there so I know there's the sitar in the yeah. Hindustani stringed instrument family but there's also the veena Yeah Is there others Yeah so so even veenas are there veena is just like a family of uh, instruments so there's rudra veena there's saraswati veena there's um there there are different types of veena mm. like there's like a slide veena and there's mm. uh, mohan veena which are there different types of sitar yes there are different types of sitar also there people play sitar with a with a bow oh no that must be an astraj or a dilruba so that those are bowed instruments that's another family but they're like in the sitar family ish mm, no sitar would be i uh, see sitar there are three major types of sitar there's a ravi shankar style there's vilayat khan style and what separates them uh the stringing mm. uh the size the decoration and technique like how you play mm. so, so with the with the sitar versus the veena the veena is like a bigger instrument yes and it, yes, it, it the is body big. is hollow yeah and that's how it vibrates versus the sitar it vibrates on the neck yeah it's it's something to do with the helmholtz resonator i mean the whole body res- resonates rather mm. than the guitars like have a hole that sound comes mm. out of so when you play the sitar the um the vibrations are transmitted through the bridge and the whole body vibrates mm. and it's it's not hollow the body it is it is hollow this it one is? is hollow as well yeah okay okay Yeah. Cool. So this sitar was made for uh, my guruji Pandit Ravi Shankar who was the greatest sitar master to ever live. And that's why he's so good. <laughs> and he he has he had a frozen shoulder so he could not reach up uh, and hold this, the big sitar for for hours. So my dad made him my dad and my grandfather made him this smaller sitar which is pretty much so from the bridge to the to the upper bridge it's the same distance it's just too very easy to handle and mm. you know just carry it around mm. so it was much easier for him so this sitar is the reason uh, that we got Ravi Shankar to play from 
2006 onwards mm. because he was retiring on in 2006 he, he used to say you know sanjay rakhinam is the reason why i'm uh being able to play the sitar and sit in front of you guys and perform mm. so that uh meant the world to him and my dad you know used to travel with him all across the globe and your your family's been making sitars for a few generations four generations yeah four generations how yeah. did your family get into that business so it started with my great grandpa uh, his name was rakhi ram sharma and he was actually one of the founding members of the lahore museum in pakistan which is now pakistan we used to be india back mm. then and so working at the museum he saw all these instruments and he was very keen how they are made so and then he did research he taught himself you know he got some help from other instrument makers and then finally he was confident enough to open a store mm. so in um, 1920 in anarkali bazaar in lahore which was like the uh, manhattan or the times square of um, uh, uh, lahore at that time yeah, yeah punjab or of india like that was like the one of the most popular markets of lahore was bustling before partition oh pa- lahore was It was, it was it was very multicultural as well like it wasn't it wasn't like uh just one religion like i it's i think a lot of people misunderstand the partition is like oh yes this was mostly muslim yeah. like it was like the guy drew a line of like okay mm. 51% of this place is muslim get out like you know <laughs> like you know so it was it was very mixed of like it was very mixed everyone was living in harmony before the british came and just like divided everyone <laughs> well, that's another topic but uh <laughs> Yeah, everyone was living in harmony. Like even my uh, grandfather, uh, some of his gurus were Muslim, mm. uh, who taught him how to make instruments. Mm. So I mean, there there was no concept of like Hindu Muslim. I mean, there was, but like there was on like the upper level, but not on the lower level where mm. you know people were actually like living together. Mm. So he started the store in 1920, and then after the partition, like at that time he got like very famous in the, in the music industry and all the great artists at that time. Uh, Gulam Ali Khan sahab and you know all the all the cream of indian classical musicians were coming to him mm. and they they joke around a lot because our store was on the ground floor like on the on the first floor and we used to live on the second floor mm. our family so so these musicians would travel stay with us get their instruments repaired and then go and so my uh, my grandfather used to tell me you know their bill used to be like 75 paisa but like the amount we would spend on you know food and just like hospitality would be a rupee yeah <laughs> so we weren't making any money oh wow from from at least the musicians but like they were like foreigners and everyone so we used to um, that's how he was sustain the business but you know he was he loved musicians so much that he was like spend uh, on just them just the like, love for it yeah and sadly after the partition we had to move um in 47 to delhi then he opened a store in delhi and then uh my grandfather started running it and then he gave the tours to my dad and now my dad wanted to expand his business so we are here now when did you move to new york uh 2016 2016 okay so you've yeah. been here a few years yeah it's going to be 7 years and you're himalayan yeah himalayan yeah okay okay so but okay. 75% okay so your family is from lahore but i guess in their origins are himalayan yes so um uh, my So my dad is half Himachali and my mom is fully ah. Himachali. So that's where the 75% comes from. Okay. And even um though we used to live in Lahore, we were born in Himachal. Like even my forefathers. Mm. Mm. So it's very funny like all the women in my family are Himalayan and all the men are Punjabis. Mm. 
So that's we get my our women from <laughs> the pahars. That's why you're so tall. <laughs> it was it's very funny. Like even my mom, my daddy, my nani, like my grandmothers, paternal and maternal grandmothers, both of them are uh, Himachali from the Himalayas. Mm. Yeah, so I'm 75. And what's Himachali. what's so so? I actually when I first saw your profile, I thought you were mm. Nepali because I I oh, remember that most of I get the that Himba- sometimes. Himba- yeah. yeah. You could be Nepali. Yeah, yeah. Nepali, Nepali people so are beautiful. Shout out to my Nepali people. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Nepal is so multi-ethnic. It's yeah. actually, um, and, and they actually one of the, n- I mean, nicest communities. Oh yeah, and beautiful people. Yeah, yeah, great yeah. Great momos. <laughs> <laughs> momos. Uh, we love yeah, momos. and they they're very fr- like uh, so. I can uh, write Devnagri. Oh, you can. I can. Nice. Yeah. So Devnagri is the Hindi script. Hindi it's script. not called Sanskrit. It's called Devnagri. Sanskrit was three thousand years ago. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but no, so I can write Devnagri, and I've um, uh, Nepali people also like write one of their languages in Devnagri as well. Mm. So I've had like I've met Nepali mm. people, and like they were like, "Oh yeah, 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 we speak Hindi, we know that," and I like wrote out like something, and they were like, "Oh my god!" Like <laughs> so kind, so kind. It's an amazing community, and I want to go to Nepal also when I uh, visit India again later this year. Yeah, it's uh, very multi-ethnic. A lot oh, going on there. Oh, I love there. it. Birthplace of the Buddha. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, Buddha was in uh, Bihar. No, he was born in what is now mm. Nepal. No, 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 no. Buddha was born in Bihar. Okay, that's for them to fact check. I I believe so. I believe he was born in Bihar somewhere, which is Girl, now what? Bihar. Gotama okay. Buddha. Is he? He was born in Lumbini province, Nepal. Oh, what? But where's that banyan tree where he used to sit and meditate? He's, he came to India, probably. Like his, like I think... I mean, it was all India. It was all the Vedic yeah. kingdoms. Bodh Gaya. Yeah, this is, this is the um, spot Bodh I'm talking Gaya about. Bodh Gaya is a religious site, place, pilgrimage. This is where he spent most of his time. Yeah, but he was he was born he was like born in what is now Nepal. Oh, okay. Okay. But he, he's claimed by <laughs> he's claimed by both. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole subcontinent that yeah. loves him, reveres him. Oh, but yeah. But there's also the I think the 8th avatar, no, the ninth avatar of uh, Vishnu, which, which is like the one of the primary Hindu gods. Mm. So he so. he was considered an avatar. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. So there's Krishna and then there's Buddha and then Does Krishna have avatars? No, no, Krishna is an avatar of uh, Vishnu. So Vishnu, has, actually, this is a song that I'm making. It's called Dasha Avatar, means 10 avatars. Mm. You know Das, right? Das, 10. Mm. Yeah, so uh, so there's um, Vishnu. Uh, there's, uh, there's uh, yeah, after Krishna, there's Buddha and there's Kalki. Kalki is, um, Kalki is supposed to exist right now. Kal- she, she this is like the Kali Yuga. Kali Yuga, like the, uh, the time of Kalki. Where you know where is every, everything is going to shit. Where where is <laughs> so he's our savior. I don't know. We'll we find out. Oh my goodness! So this is like the the myth of it, but Buddha is considered is an avatar of Vishnu. Is it a myth though? Uh, we'll we'll find out. I'm excited. I don't know. Maybe I am Kalki is right here. Ah, <laughs> maybe you are. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, knock on wood. <laughs> there we go. So tell me. What what do you what do you wish Westerners knew about Hindustani classical music that you think is overlooked? What do you think? What do you wish the world understood more about the colors of Indian music? 
I wouldn't just say Westerners. I would just like everyone, even people in India. They're not educated about classical music anymore, mm. like how they used to be. See, I don't, I don't want everyone to be like. I'm not forcing everyone to learn it, mm. but also make it part of your life. Like mm, how you sure. how you listen to how you consume pop culture, how you're mm. consuming Bollywood. This is like a, a form of self care that you also need to focus on. Mm. So I would just say that you know if not everyone can be a sitarist or a musician, right? So even if there's uh, if if uh, if you can attend these events, and also it's the uh, responsibility of the artist to play the music in the purest form and present it in the purest form, so it's uh, it has the maximum effect on people. Mm. So I mean, like how I said, right? People are focusing on speed and this and that, all these gimmicks. Mm. So that just like drifts away the attention, because mm. then then you're just trying to be something that the music is not. Mm. So music is above you. Music is like more than you, like who who you are and who you're trying to be. So it we have we have to like just act like servants of music, mm. and I mean act towards the better of it rather than just. I mean, trying to conquer it. Like, there's two approaches. Like, either you could be humble about the music, or you could be like, okay, I'm I'm the boss. Mm, mm. So, that's the artistic aspect. But also, as uh, a listener, you need to be um, in the in the zone of listening. So if uh, so that the music has that effect on you, focus on your breathing, um, uh, close your eyes, meditate, try to connect, listen to each and every note, absorb it, make it part of yourself. So all these things, um, I, I would love people to adapt these things. Yeah. West or East, I don't care. What separates uh, Hindustani classical from other forms of music? That what is like the defining feature of Hindustani classical that separates it from other music styles that you consume? Uh, in my experience, that uh, our music is um, is is the best for meditation. Of course. Yeah. I mean, classical music is also very calming. I've um, heard a lot of pieces. Uh, our music is very rhythmically rich, also. Mm. So there's tabla, there's pakhavaj, and there's uh, a lot of focus on rhythm mm. as well. I mean, one thing from the West that we will uh, we couldn't adapt because our uh, music is very monophonic. So it's there. There's not a lot, not a lot of harmonies and. Uh, because also the melodies of Hindustani are so complex, it would be difficult to harmonize. Yes, and uh, you cannot play what you can play on the sitar on the guitar because yeah. of the bends and there's mean. A, there's and a different array of notes. Yeah, too. which I'll demonstrate it to you. Like, you yeah. know, th the things that a raga requires, simply mm. these instruments, the Western instruments don't have that. Mm. Um, They're very, yeah, very much. I, that's one thing I noticed and one thing that got me obsessed. And actually the thing that obsesses me mm. most, I think just the idea of Hindustani classical is... I'm obsessed with the Indo-European language tree. Hmm. I'm obsessed. Yeah. I live, eat, and breathe etymology. I love it. And what obsesses me about Hindustani classical music is the idea that these, this music and these, these notes and these structures, these, quite frankly, probably see their roots in you know, the Vedic kingdoms, probably see themselves in, in even probably going back to the Indus Valley civilization, yeah. right? Fascinating. Hmm. And the idea that a lot of your ancestors and some of my ancestors were the same ancestors. Absolutely. That's what the Indo-European language tree means. And it's just like, like y'all yeah. are sleeping <laughs> on the Indo-European language tree. But it obsesses me because how did we get from, you know... Like, how, how am I light-skinned? 
right? It makes you wonder. Well, I mean, there's a lot of ways. There's a lot of ways that fair skin can find their mm-hmm. find their ways into the Indian subcontinent. I mean, you're from the Himalayas. Himalayas, right? yeah, Himalayas has to do a thing. But there's also this, um, I mean, conjecture that Indians have that you know we are the Aryan race. There's the the Aryan race. The fair skins are the Aryan race. It's a bit of a <laughs> it's a bit of a fable. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a, a it's a conjecture, right? So it's it's but not really see, true. But you see mentions of fair skin and dark skin in like. You know, Even in the Vedas, Hindu, yeah. uh, Hindu ethics, Vedas, like yeah. all of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So you see that. But what obsesses me so much about Hindustani classical and, and you know, people like Shreya Koshal and Arjit Singh and mm. listening to them go, ah, like, they, I'm just like, <laughs> how did it become so different? Where did we split? How did we get yeah. here? Like, that's what obsesses me because mm. our classical music here in the West or our sacred music, like, mm. it has a vibration, but it just, it, it doesn't have the same body as the vibrations of Hindustan. Like, how mm. did we get so? Di- that's what I'm fucking obsessed with. That's <laughs> what, that's what got me obsessed with India is knowing Hindi and English are both Indo-European languages, and then watching how separate we are, even with our similarity. Like, it's I love it. I'm obsessed. So what what you're mentioning is. Um are called the ornamentations uh, in Indian classical music, such as murki, gamak, uh, meend. So these are uh, the ornamentations that we add to the notes. Mm. So so that's how the you said that. Techniques of improvisation. Yeah, like how you were saying ah, uh, like all of that uh. is is part of um, the training that we get, you mm. know, to to beautify the composition. So even the improvisations that I hear Arijit doing, those are even taught. No, no. So the technique is taught, but mm. the improv is your own. Oh, so what are they? Ah, like this, like yeah. that, that is... See, a guru can only show the path, right? You have ah. to walk on it by yourself. So, I oh, mean, the technique... Oh, oh, arewa, arewa. <laughs> <laughs> so the technique can be taught, but not improvisation cannot be taught. Mm, that so just comes something that comes naturally and from your from so inside. Like the technique and how you do it is taught, but how you execute it is up to you. Yeah, like I can show you how to do that in one rag, but when you're singing another rag, you can draw inspiration from that and then sing it. So you're just like a collection of what all of thing, all of the things that you've learned over I the love years, how right? First, I love how much freedom Hindustani classical music gives singers and in, in, in instrumentalists. I love yeah. that. That is not the case in uh, the Western sacred music, mm. and actually in uh, in Western sacred music, <coughs> like such as the Catholic Church. Yeah. Um, so, you know how when you listen to like Catholic music, like mm. and it's very straight. Yeah. For a long time, actually, women's voices were not allowed in the church. Mm. They weren't allowed because like like that mm. was considered sexual. Wow. It was considered like, like, and actually um, uh, when I was in Jerusalem too, uh, this, uh, I had people telling me that actually the sound of a woman's voice, if you're, if you're in a certain Orthodox community in, in like Jerusalem, it's considered very provocative. Mm. It's very interesting. It's, it's very interesting. But in, in Western music, um, you have this like very straight and pure. Mm. Because they only had children singing that part. Like oh, no vibrato, okay. no nothing. And very straight, very mm. like, like very much focused on the tone versus mm. impro- like improvisation and all that stuff is in other styles of music. But it's just interesting how much freedom Hindustani classical gives. Yeah. 
to the singers and instrumentalists <clears throat> that just in like even in sacred music mm. sacred music like it's it's you know a declaration it's a, it's a painting almost whereas in western sacred music it's a coloring book you fill in the lines you know you that's you a good analogy you know you that's stick a, you, an analogy, you know yeah. so like Hindustani classical is a painting with 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 splatter paint, all these kinds of t yeah. different techniques. In the West, it's you've colored in the lines, and you don't mm. go outside the lines, or you'll be, mm, <laughs> you know. Same, same. Uh, like you get um, these colors. Okay, I give you these colors, and mm. then the audience um, really just watches you paint a picture out of those colors, mm. Mm. and using just those colors. So think of the notes or the treatment of the notes. As 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 the colors and the picture you paint is is the raga. So you have your whole freedom, like however you want to uh, maneuver the raga and whatever you want to play, as long as it's using the same colors mm. and within the boundaries. Mm. And I love like what you said. It's like a coloring book. Yeah, I the mean, West, the West, you stay in the lines. Yeah. In Hindustani classical and music, I hope you, are, the Western you are the musicians lines. don't kill us after this. But no, but it's true. It's true. <laughs> like in in like it's very much yeah. like. You're focused on tone. Yeah. It's not so much where you improvise, like woo, like like that's that's separate. Mm. In 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 classical, you mm -hmm. the way the way you execute each tone, that's how you're judged. I and guess you so. Stay um, in that tone. You stay in that tone. I would you know. say score for improv would be. I, I guess it's lesser in Western classical, but in Indian classical music, it's you. It's like your own rendition mm. that you're presenting. Mm. This is and you as a person different. in a rag. That you're presenting, yeah. So that's why I would sound. Um, Do you ever play Kazals? Yeah. Do you like Gulame Rang Bare? Gulame Rang Bare by Gulamali. No, uh, Medi Hassan. Oh, you want to sing it? Go for it. No, <laughs> no, I'm not gonna. Say, I can't. I can't. I my my it. dad is a big big fan of Mahindi Hassan. He oh my he God. works out to Mahindi Hassan. That's a mood. That's a fucking mood. There's I love no that. person in the world who works out to Gazal music. <laughs> So, ghazal, the, how do you explain a ghazal? So, ghazal is actually the it's a style of poetry that sees its roots in the Middle East, actually in in mm. Arabia, yeah. and then through expansion of the Mughals and Islamic influence on the subcontinent, a version of it found its way into Urdu, into into Islamic influence in the subcontinent. So, there is like there mm. is Arabic ghazal poetry, but then oh. also there is a unique. Urdu slash subcontinental ghazal poetry. See, the most ghazals I've, I've heard, all of them were about heartbreaks. Of course. <laughs> so of I, course. I guess I guess that's the style of it. I'm not like an expert on ghazals, but I can just speak on what I've heard. So it's usually like heartbreak and about love. And it's a bit like the blues. Yeah. I love, Gulo Merang Bhare is like mm. my favorite piece of poetry. Yeah. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Actually, let's read it here. Y'all need to, okay. Gulon Merang. Translation. Gulon Merang Pare. Translation. Oh, okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Gonna, okay. Just as the new breeze of spring grants the blossoms their color, come to me, my love, so that this garden might too go about its business. Wow. Oh. Oh. This prison is forlorn. Call upon the gentle wind, friends, to petition the Lord if it will. Speak of my beloved. Oh, <laughs> I can't. I can't. Do you like Ali Seti? Yeah, I love. I love him. Do you know he lives in New York? He is now living in New York, right? Yeah, but, he's lived in New York for quite a while. Yeah, he. I think he was uh, here during the pandemic, and then he just stayed. I think. I think he was here for a bit before that. Oh. 
I mean, but I was like, following you on Instagram, so that's you guys, you guys friends. No, I never spoken. You gotta make that happen. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Happen. I would love a collaboration oh with Alisetti. Yeah, wait, that's like my mission since I moved to New York. Is okay. So Alisetti is is quite frankly a genius. He's a bit. Mm. He's a bit of a Freddie Mercury of Pakistan for me. No, you know, you know what I mean. The way he reinterprets old poetry and mm. adds like like Dil uh, Dil Yeah, like the way he is this old piece of poetry, this old stuff. Like, <laughs> and it's just like so vibey yeah the way he reinterprets like mm -hmm. like old he's making it more relevant for and and, and it's yeah. not even just that it's relevant but he's like he's adding his own flavor honestly like he's a, like and i maybe this is an overstep somebody tell me if I, but like what nusrat fateli kansab mm. did for koali oh wow like i think ali seti Maybe mm. not right now, but he is on the path to doing that for Cuzzles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, like, the way, it's not just so much that he's interpreting this beautiful poetry, he's adding in the modernity of Pakistan. Mm -hmm. Like, there's so much music in Pakistan. There's so yeah. there's a, such an abiding history of, of music mm -hmm. that he is tapping into with his own sensibilities as an mm -hmm. experimental artist. Like, it's just... <laughs> Ali Seti Seti is spelled with an S-E-T-H-I mm -hmm. Go check him out But I, I He's on the path to doing some Crazy things for the sub Like subcontinental mm. music It's I'm obsessed mm. And Ali if you're listening um, <laughs> yeah, I live in New York be, be here. <laughs> We both live in New York We're big fans We're not stalkers Unless you're into that You know <laughs> Anyway So Um can we can we look at the sitar? Oh, absolutely, yeah. So let's look. Let's look at the anatomy of a sitar. All right. So I'm, I'm gonna move the mic. Yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. So, oh my God, there's so many freaking strings. So there are six uh, main strings. Oh, I didn't realize there were so many fucking strings. There's so many fucking strings. I did not realize there was that many strings. Okay, so I see. I see here. There's like a dip in the neck. So there are six top strings and 13 sympathetics. I didn't realize there was so many strings. So oh. these resonate when you play the main uh, note. Uh -huh. And what, do you can you change the tune of the sympathetic string? Yeah, so these are tuned according to to the rag that you're playing. So the, right now this is in Kalyantar. What is it in? Kalyantar. The key, the key of Kalyantar. Yeah, the key of Kalyantar, which has um, the Mativra, which is the sharp fourth, as well as the natural fourth. Mm. It, has, it used to be called the Devil's Note in, in classical. Oh. Music, right? oh. <laughs> so, this is like the basic Saragama. So one thing about like the so so it's interesting. So you're playing do re mi ba 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 ba, but that's the same in Hindustani as it in the, as it is in the West, right? Yes. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I love that. As different as different as things are, the struck some of the structures still. I love that shit. And you know, actually, but but. but how we treat our notes, like if you, I don't know if you notice, we play sa. Ah. Which is not 
There's a flavor on yeah. a, on a, one of the notes. So it's called a mean that we bend ray as as you call it in mm. um, uh, western mm-hmm. music. And it has a, it adds an emotion. Yeah, I mean so we have to maintain this throughout whenever we're playing ray we has mm. we sa re ga ma instead of just like sa re ga ma it sounds very flat. Mm. So. And when you when people sing re, do they also do it? Do they also do they also improvise that? Depends on the styles and the schools uh, that they belong from. I belong from the Maihar style of playing, which uh, Ravi Shankar, Ali Akbar Khan Sahab, um, and Baba Laudi Khan Sahab, who is like uh, who started this gharana or the school of playing. So we follow at all times, mm. bending each and every every note when we come back. Mm. So, so, just not so okay. So when you play the top notes, what are these bottom notes doing? Are they just sitting there? Uh, so the the the, the bottom strings, strings the oh, bottom strings. strings. So when you play these top strings, okay, uh-huh. let's talk about the anatomy of the sound because yeah. we have a lot of people who probably aren't uh, familiar with how acoustics work. So we're gonna walk through it. So when you play these top notes, how are they vibrating? How is this sound coming out? So we play the main note, like the main frets. Yeah. These resonate through the bridge. So the so the, through the bridge, the whole oh, body this. vibrates, and this is in tune with these strings. Mm. So if I'm playing sa. So when you when you strike this note, it yeah. vibrates here. And moves. I mean, vibrates the whole body through the bridge. This and then goes into the instrument. Yeah. This is called a javari. So this is like the CPU of sitar. Mm. So oh, so the, the sound goes in here and travels through into yeah, here. Yeah, th- through the legs of this bridge. Mm-mm-mm. That's why the bridge is so important. Mm. And then, so when it vibrates here, mm-hmm. that is how it then moves these strings. Yeah, huh. if, if they're tuned in the same pitch. Mm. There's a, it's something called impedance. So through the impedance, it vibrates and yeah. produces the sound. Ah, okay. So, so when goes like in here and then, and then vibrates these through that. Yeah, <laughs> that's how you get like that reverberating sound. Yeah, yeah. Oof. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> like you won't hear something like this. Makes my ears so happy. God damn it. <laughs> So, so this, this whole sound and you know how harmonically rich uh, the sitar is is sort of what calms people down. So that's why I want to study yeah. like, the, like what why sitar has well that also that vibrations ability. vibrations matter. Yeah, vibrations like like sound waves like certain sound waves they do things like d- different vibr- like because sound vibrates like it yeah. it it has an effect. Yeah. you know it purifies the, the air. I think yeah. Yeah, like with with like so like with for instance like um, you know sacred music like sacred Catholic music, mm-hmm. um, focusing on that high like that high like that yeah. instead of like having a massive massive vibrato for some of the sacred music like just that mm. it gets it, it it that the purity of the notes the purity of the notes kind of hits you like mm. you know it's interesting I, I, are you in the middle of this study. Yes, I am. So we we have. So we have to come back after it's done. Yes. Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, I also wrote a paper on, on the construction of the sitar, mm. um, just from my knowledge and you know, what it looks like on an on a equalizer. You know, what's what's what are the frequencies like each and every note has. <laughs> so, but 
there has there is an intersection with the neuro neuroscience that I mean I'm not educated about obviously so we need some help do you have um, education in what you're on the study that you're doing or is he, are you just the sitar player going to the experts yeah yeah the, the latter oh okay okay so the difference so the vena uh-huh. i'm curious so the vena do they also have sympathetic strings vena does not <gasps> Okay, yeah. so, so like that's what really separate. That's what separates the two. Yeah, that that was um, an addition that came later in the 18th century. Around that the time. sympathetic strings the came sympathetic later. Strings, yeah. So the 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 sitar or the stringed instrument family was originally just the top strings. Top strings. Uh, huh. If you look at Rudravina, still without uh, um, the sympathetic strings, Saraswati Veena is also, which is like the South Indian sitar. Yeah, so let me just, uh, let me find for the people listening. We keep talking about this vena, so I'm going to find a vena for people. Jayanti. My favorite from her is uh, the Tilanas. Oh yeah, Tilanas are beautiful. So You can hear it, like this sound is very... Oh yeah, 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 and it's it's any, much any warmer. Yeah. This is very tinny. This is very tinny. This is like yeah. wow. But that, so this that is can this also is a, be achieved. It has by, a bigger by the body. Of the bridge, like the sound you're talking about, the sitar can sound like that also. Mm. It's just like how the string sits on the bridge. Mm. So that's called a jawari. So what is what what is the vibration I'm hearing in the background of her? That's the drone. That's called the tanpura. What is that a separate instrument? Yes, that's a separate. Huh. So we usually have a tanpura, which is a drone instrument that. Um, What's it called? Tanpura. T A N P U R A. Tanpura. Yeah. So tanpura is usually just it's, it's uh, sort of provides a soundscape for you to improvise on. So it, mm. it's like it's, it's that, like home. It's, it's that kind of that like I guess like you put it in the background of also mantras. Yes. Absolutely. So it's for, like home, for like, like med- it's very meditative. Very meditative. Yeah. And it's one thing that now we have apps and like machines, but like when you hear it in person, like automatically people just close close their eyes and you know meditate, start meditating. Naturally, mm. you don't even have to say anything. You just like listen mm. to the sound because it's so harmonically rich. It's called tanpura. Tan means a scale. Mm. And pura means you know the full. full. Yeah. Right? So when you play the tanpura, you can see the whole scale. Mm. You can actually like visualize it and hear it in, in, in the tanpura. That's why mm. it's called a tanpura. Mm. You have all the harmonics. And it's just like two notes. It's just sa and pa, the fifth. So I see when Jay- Jayanti, when she plays uh, Veena, the Veena's mm. body is much thicker. Yep, yep. So also this is not... So how does that... So even though the sitar can sound like what we just played, mm-hmm. how does how does it... Like, how do the two instruments, like, get separate with, with, with the differentiation of their sounds? How do... See, first... What separates them? It's, it's a construction. Also, this sitar is not the full-size sitar mm. like that I play. This is... This is actually... This was my first sitar that I started with. Uh. So I've literally grown up with this instrument, and this is my baby. Mm. As, of, as for the uh, construction, the bridge is different. They have um, a solid metal bridge, mm. and the gauges of the strings are different. The size of the instrument is also different. Yeah, it's it's the it's Venus bigger. bigger yeah, it has like a board. much thicker. And she I th- when she board. plays it, she has to set it flat, right? And also they play like this. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's so fucking big. Yeah, and also how you strike is different. You know how okay. they play, how they play is also very different. We play like this. Oh, and she she picks like this. Yeah, yeah. It's just like more like yeah, that. and 
yeah it's it, these small things you know add up to the sound so what in history because there is like as, as far as i growing up in in music world there is a fable that the sitar and the guitar have a common ancestor musically is that so i have no clue i mean because they even like sitar guitar they even like sound you know i would say um sitar and the veena have shared the same roots of course so i'm i'm not sure i mean it could be the middle east because middle east also has its in, uh, instrument called the tar mm or also this uh, the name sitar also came from the middle east because it's called sehtar say means three in persian mm so and sitar the sehtar only had three strings and then it's sort of the, like fused both of these instruments and formed the sitar mm so i mean that's why it's called the sitar but how many centuries ago though i would say it was around the 17th century during amir khosro's time 17th 18th that century. the sitar came to india Sehtar came to India. Oh, Sehtar. Veena well, was there. Veena was okay. Veena was so Veena, so the sitar is a is is a marriage between. Yeah. So it does have a bit of a common ancestor because there is like uh, there is, you know, violins, mm. guitars. They all have a common, uh, a common stringed ancestor from yeah. the Middle East. So it's this ancestor that you're talking about. And there's another instrument called the oud. I think oud was inspired by the uh, uh, oud inspired the guitar. Huh? Yeah. Let's look at this. Look at this. Yeah. Look at this. Oud. How do you spell it? Just O U D. O U D. Yeah. Instrument. Oh. You see it? Yes. Yes. So is yeah. do you think this is the do you think this is the common ancestor? I I would like to believe so. I think so cuz it it's I it really looks like remember. this perfect it looks like a perfect marriage between a guitar's body yeah. and a, and what could become a sitar mm. that's very fascinating yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of um, also a lot of instruments from the middle east had um skin tops rather than wooden tops oh like if you listen to sarod was also like inspired by the middle east where um it's it's a steel plate so there there are no frets mm. so you play it with your nails but the top is skin so it has a very interesting sound I don't know if you've heard a sarod. No. So that's I would say like that. What does it do to the sound? It just adds like more room. It's like it's like playing in a cathedral. <laughs> yeah, it's just ha- it's so um reverb it's, it's really? reverbs. Oh, so it makes it like more like, wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it's a beautiful sound. Yeah. Wow. So So sitar and sarod are like the most um popular uh, instruments out of India. So yeah. when you want to play a song mm-hmm. do you keep the sympathetic strings in the same key the whole time is that like or like i have to switch so if oh you have to switch some, yeah if you're doing something in minor like we were uh, if we sing a song in minor scale so i have to tune it in a minor scale mhm right now it's in major in the middle of a song do you have to change it or what do you like or I mean, when I you're can. playing it when you're playing a song does it do the sympathetic strings always say in the same key if i'm playing like a um major and minor song then yeah i'll have to stop and retune it otherwise i can just play it it's just that the sympathetic strings won't resonate mm so we just like the top strings i mean can you play are... the instrument without the sympathetic strings yeah you can mute it like, there's a, there's a mute that comes what does it sound like when you mute it like, oh okay yeah <laughs> pretty much the same thing i mean the sympathetic strings just add like a tail and just gives you some little push to mm. the note mm. so they start after like the initial attack 
of the stroke sort of take over and, like and that and that vibrance that is okay wow so that ring you won't get if you're if they're not in tune okay so are there are there any other like stringed instruments that you can that you that you play that you're interested that you're interested in besides guitar sitar like is there anything that you've like experimented with like as you've See, been learning I'm a son of a musical instrument maker so I learned to play each and every instrument a little bit mm. but sitar is where my heart is Yeah like, this is like one instrument that I really connect with Yeah since childhood so I mean I just want to spend my life mastering this instrument. Like, I don't want to pick up new ones. So you you have a single out. I have it here on my phone. Wait, 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 wait. I downloaded your music <laughs> by the way. Um here we go. There's one uh Pandavan? Pandavam. That yes. Pandavam, yes. Dance of Lord Shiva. So Shiva the destroyer. The the when he's angry things get destroyed. So yeah, tell us. So I heard I heard it on your I heard it on your profile, but yeah. you'll tell us now. So Tandavan Tandavam, sorry Tandavam, yeah Tandavam. So this is the emotion of anger. Anger, yeah. And what is what is this piece of music called? Does it have a name? Because there's different emotions that you're playing and and oh yeah, so it's called the Rudra Rasa. Rudra means anger. Rudra. Okay. Rudra. So there are nine emotions um in uh, Indian classical and dance theory. Mm. So there's adbhutam, there's karuna, there's um, What are the emotions? Hmm? What are the emotions? So so there's wonder, there's uh, courage. What does wonder sound like? Wonder sounds like um, I I made another track called um no I haven't released it yet. So it's it's going to be called Dhamar. Okay. So which I'm I'm doing some experimental things with that. Yeah? That's why it's wonder. Oh. It's like people must be wondering like, what what is happening here. Oh. So, and there's karuna which means romance. Oh, means is compassion. there a romance song? Is there a romance song here? There's teri meri jo there's uh, ranjana. Ranjana. Yes. Yeah. Ranjana is a Punjabi story, right? Yeah, he and Ranja. Yeah, the Ranjana is like Romeo Juliet Punjab. Yeah. He and Ranja. Hira Raja, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a. He was the woman Ranjana. Was the so here is the woman Ranjana is the yeah. Romeo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, I know a bit of that. So there's a lot of folk tales about that, and there's courage. Courage was uh, Chanakya. Chanakya. I wanted to make a war song, you know. Oh. So I I, w- I would picture like how what Game of Thrones in India would sound like. So I that's how I came up with Chanakya, and what is it at least? So Tandavam is anger. Now I'm releasing fear. It's called Bijli. You know what Bijli means? No. Bijli means thunder. Oh. So that's gonna be fear. I record that on a on a thunderstorm day. So it's like a very very dark vibe. So you're gonna record it when it's thundering outside? Yeah, yeah I was recording. I produced the whole song when it was there was a, a thunder outside, and I actually recorded the thunder. Oh. So I'm making. The, I made Is it out yet? Song. It's gonna be out next month. Okay. So every month is I'm this, releasing something. Is this all part of? Is this all gonna be part of an album? Yeah, it's called Navras, Nine Rasas, Nine Emotions. Okay, 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 okay. So after that, then I have Wonder, and I'm gonna end with uh, Disgust, and Trust oh, Me. So this is all part of. These are all like moods in Hindustan. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So what rasas. does? Can you like play us a bit of Wonder? Oh yeah. So. Wonder is is more about the presentation. I mean, uh, the scale is very similar to Chanakya, which is mm. Darbari. 
So this is the scale of uh, the Wonder song. I love that. But wow. it's 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 about it's more about the presentation and what I'm trying to do with uh, the piece that you're reimagining a lot. Yeah, I I just want to change it's how very people perceive. It's very experimental. I, I I have your songs here. Yeah, but it's at the same time it's very rooted in Indian classical music. Of course. Yeah. And with uh, you know with Wonder we're uh, we I just want to leave people to wonder like what just happened. Mm. Like of course, yeah. I'm going off Leave on my sitar. Something. Yeah, I'm going off on my sitar, but like in the background, there's there are no drums, but there's rhythm, mm. and that's just gonna. That's, uh, people are just gonna wonder like, where, where is that coming from? What does disgust sound like? Disgust was very hard. Like it took me months to you know produce the song, and just what think is what is disgust called in in the Hindustani? Bibatsa. Was it? Bibatsa. Bibatsa. Mm. So it was. It's very hard to. If I tell you to make a song about this guy, it's very hard to make. You can. Uh, first, I was talking about anxiety mm. and um, depression, which is you know you you feel disgusted at that time. You know I, that's how In you yourself. feel. Yourself. Yeah. So, but I was like, I, I I wanted to dig in deeper into the into the mythology and you know our our Vedas and. Just uh, look for the mentions of uh, disgust, like what what is associated with disgust. So it's essentially asuras. There's asuras, which devas and asuras. Devas are the gods, mm-hmm. and uh, asuras are the demons. Mm. So this song is about fighting demons. I didn't realize. Yeah. So so Vishnu's avatars come again and again to fight the demons. Mm. So that's why I wanted to make a song on Vishnu. First praising him and then talking about how um, demons, you know, create this ruckus, and how he comes again and again in time to defeat these demons. Mm. So even though it's disgust, but it's like it's a happy ending. Mm. Can you play so us a bit of disgust? It's it's a it's a uh, something that has sung. It's not. Oh. I, play I just played a sitar piece in the middle, but uh. it's I sang. So the you have song. to sing it. No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> So it's mm, I just I just sing you the hook. Yeah, go, yeah. So Vishnu is called Venkateshwara. So the hook just says Venkateshwara dadakar. Yeah. But this it leaves you yeah, that's interesting. Mm. It, you leave it hanging a little bit. Yeah. It leaves your emotions like you're not quite finished. In Indian classical music, you spend note. It's between the notes mm, that you create the story. Yeah, no, you yeah. spend a lot of time. That's what the notes I love so much about subcontinental like, classical uh, things. Like, yeah, because it's in every. That's one thing that really obsessed me so much when I started, you know, getting into like the subcontinent. Mm. Is you have these this you feel that there's a story being told even in the music, but also like in dance forms. Mm. It's in every aspect of of this like creative sphere, like kathak, yeah, to tell a story with the sign Absolutely. language. Every it's it's not just so much of like, you know, getting to a point and making a pretty like pose. It's the in between, like the delicacy mm. of like here I'm I'm in I'm ensnaring you with kathak and also Bharatnatyam where mm. they show these nine rasas. So that's, yeah, the that's emotions practice yeah. that you show these nine emotions and sentiments through dance. Mm. So I watched a lot of dances and um, studied the music that they dance to mm. to understand each and every rasa. Yeah, I'd it's so it. intrinsic to each and every part. Oh yeah, so it's it's so and it makes sense, you know, like the music and 
the dance what, would what reflect is, that. Yep, yep. Yeah. Like, they're so in harmony. Oh, yeah. Especially in Mathuri. So once <laughs> this Navras is done, then I'm also working on uh, the first ever sitar lo-fi EP. So I want to get What's into the lo-fi space. Like? Yeah. That's that's um, that's purely lo-fi music, but sitar-centered. So instead of like a guitar, you would hear like sitar and raga melodies. In a lo-fi, in a, like yeah. a vibey, yeah. like like record players type. But also, I wanted to make um, some music that people make love to, you know, because oh. because it's 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 like the Indian R and B. Because I'm, I also have some songs that I'm gonna sing on, but like usually, like I like to put on you know some lo-fi and chill. Lo-fi vibey shit. Yeah. So I, I was like, okay, what? Let me let me give something to my Indian people. Aww. I mean, people across the world. So the so whole EP is like a story. It's like, what are you doing tonight? And then there's like, okay, let's go out for dinner. This oh. and that. So there's each and every song for each and every. So this is after your album that's coming out. Yeah, you're doing yeah. another one. Yeah. There's okay. an EP that's coming out, which is like five songs. So, so Navras is nine songs. EP five songs, and then I have a bunch of collaborations that I need to get out of my computer. Oh, who who have you collaborated with? Uh, there's some collaborations with Tekpanda Kanzani. There's um, some producers in it's more, mostly Indian producers. Um, they're not like big big, but like I really enjoy their music. Mm. There's Raj. There's um, Treyas. There's um, there's a lot of them. My, well, I think I think you're on the path to some big collaborations because oh, yeah. like like you're. Um, Gabi, what is it? Gabi uh, Yeah, Gabi Alvidani. Still going viral, a million a day. Going, yeah. <laughs> a million a day. But but like let's let's play it. I mean, wait 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 wait. You can wait, tune wait. it and play it live for you. Yeah, play it live. Play it live. Play it live. I just have to tune it to minor. So beautiful. Stop you in your tracks. It's the oof, fastest after you and my tarabs. On your show. My show. <laughs> I love having a show. I get to yeah, do, you, do you have a sh no, name for the show? It's called Resensitizing. Resensitizing. Resensitizing, yeah. Nice. The whole point is like, I just want people to get interested in things that are outside of their realm of experiences. That's beautiful. You know, lesser known fact, I mean, you don't know this, but my student is a fan of yours. And I was just, I was just, I was. Uh, An Indian student? Yeah, yeah, I was oh teaching. Oh my god! Him. Not Indian, but he's he's Indian, but he lives here. No. Okay, okay, but that's, like, that's that's good. That's good. Yeah. He's like, um, he was just asking me like, "What are you doing tomorrow?" I was like, "I'm going for a podcast, like interview thing." He's like, "Where? Like, who is it?" I, I told him like, "It's with Chelsea Hart." He's like, "From TikTok?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny. <laughs> oh, down. Oh, okay. There we go. There we go. My fault. Sorry. Don't want to cover up his pretty face. Oh, yeah, yeah. Got to get the. He's gonna come out with a lo-fi album, ladies. <laughs> you ready for that? Yeah, no one's ready. But uh, yeah, shout out to Sushin that he, he he's seen you on TikTok. He's a he's a fan, and he's like, how how I mean these are like two different worlds. Like, how did you make it happen? It's like. I think you discovered me on TikTok first mm. and then you shared it on your Instagram story and then I saw it and then I followed you back and then we became friends. But you're and also no Prakar. Oh yeah, but that came out later, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what made you follow it. me? What made you follow me? I... Was it the Devnagri in my bio? 
I yeah, you were like Desi at heart or something, right? You right wrote on your no no bio. no no not Desi at heart, uh, Bollywood ki fan. Bollywood ki fan. <laughs> Bollywood ki fan. In Devnagri. That, that's what he said. Also, he's like she's she's the Bollywood ki fan, right? Ah uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. Uh, no, I put that in there on purpose because uh, only people who can read Devnagri know what I said, hmm. and that's like so she's targeting a very specific audience. Yeah, very spe- Yeah, what's well, a big? It's a big audience. It's a very big audience. Oh, I don't know. Yes. I used to. I used to do a lot. You know, I'll tell you. When I got on TikTok, I used to do a lot more uh, like Bollywood-centered content because, mm. like, when I was learning Hindi, like, I would just like make funny videos for my Indian friends. No, people love it. People, people, people love. You know, the enthusiasm. Also, the amount of love that India gives you. It's oh just my god, overwhelming. Oh my god, I love this community. Oh my god! I'm yeah. just gonna say there is no better community whose language to learn. You could <laughs> cut the enthusiasm of Desis with a knife. Oh my god! The other day here in New York, it was so funny. The other day here in New York, there was a group of uh, Indian expats like on vacation from Mumbai, mm. and I, I I knew they were Indian because I could hear their accent speaking yeah. Indian stuff. Yeah. And um, and I was like, "Apkahanse? Where are you from?" And they're like. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Up kahase India se. It's like kahandia me. Come here. Come here. Say it again. Say it again. <laughs> and they all just Nothing like. And then the literally in three seconds, twenty Indians just like. Speak. A, a white again. woman speaking Hindi. Nothing. Nothing. Well, I'm non-binary, but anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, but. Yeah, nothing excites them more. Oh, like no, a foreigner like, speaking Hindi. Yeah, it's just but like, also speaking it's like well. a TV. But also speaking well. Yeah. It's not just like, me, Chelsea, who? <laughs> like, it's like nothing like this. It's like, are, uh, and then, so on the train, like, we started, started talking, uh, like, we got in the tube, and like, mm. literally, 20 Indians who ha- who don't really know each other outside of mm. this tour group. And I was like, and this uncle next to me was like, <laughs> but you know, another thing that even the, um, like you're non-binary, right? But Hindi is binary. Mm. Like there's thrilling and pulling. You know what I like about Hindi though? Yeah. So I like in English, I use they. Yeah. That's, that's my, that's my yeah. pronoun. That's, that's the one I lean towards. Yeah. But you know what I like about Hindi? Mm-hmm. And the, re- the thing that like, uh, so my Hindi tutor, yeah, uh, we were talking about, you know, so in English, I'm not gendered, but yeah. in Hindi, which is, is gendered. You have to pick a gender, right? And you- No, you, no. But, but you said- Because non-binary, I can use keta, keti. I can use either interchangeably. Or you, you can see there's another dialect. Yeah, in Lucknow. Yeah, like I guess you can talk about like that. I would have to, but I would have to learn a new way of speaking. Whereas, like I've learned. No, just just imagine you're with a bunch of people. Yeah, but no. <laughs> like hum are like we are coming. Hum <laughs> but I but for that I would have to learn a new way of like because like oh, in, really? it's no, the same. no, but like in my head I just like I refer to myself as meh. Yeah. Like that's like when I speak Hindi, that's what my muscles lean towards is meh. So. I like, my Hindi teacher told mm. me that I could use either or, uh, e mm. or a. I oh, quite yeah. like that because my non-binary experience isn't like genderlessness. Yeah. My non-binary experience is that I inhabit both spaces and I like them both. I see. And okay. I don't, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. So then it makes sense I love that though. And I love that though. And that's like uh, in, in Hinduism as well, like there's a lot of talk of like the the shakt and mm. the, sh- the shiv, the the 
the two the two powers. The, the I love that. Shiv Shakti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this the talk of of the the phallus and the feminine. Mm. So in that case, yeah, that works out for you. I love that about Hindi, though. Yeah, yeah I I like that. Mine but for non-binary people who um, don't want to pick a side, you can just say hum. Yeah. So hum. actually, and it's interesting. So hum normally in Hindi would be we, hmm. but also like in English, they hmm. is also quite often plural. So it's it's interesting yeah. how you can have the almost the same kind of explanation in Hindi as you would in English. Yep. But I prefer using keti keta because hmm. I my non-binary experience is like both spaces. Yeah, you then know? that works better for you. Yeah. Then. yeah. Okay, what time? Oh, oh, we have to <laughs> sing a song. We have to also, hear. Also, oh, um, Kabhi Alvida Khena. Let yeah. me play, let me yeah, play we, that for let you guys. Play. Okay. Just this is just like a like. As my mom says, it's like just purifies a room. Oh, it's, it's it like does. It's like it does. Incense. It does. It's like it's just a. Demons be gone. I love it. Okay, what song do you want to sing? Do you want to sing Tomhi uh, Ho? Yeah. Uh, let me let me just. You can sing with okay, me. Okay, okay. That's, that's good, that's good. Hmm. Are you are you fine with this pitch? Yeah, you're good. One, two, three, start. Yeah, we need to pull out the lyrics. Let's, <laughs> let's get the it. lyrics. Let's yeah, get let's, the let's lyrics. Let's do it. Let's do it properly. Hum. Okay. Wait. Tum hi ho lyrics. Because I can play this on guitar. Oh, nice. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. 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 Hum tere bin aba rehna hi sakte tere bina. Hum tere bina. Kya bajud mera? Tu jese juda, tu jese juda agar ho jayenge, to khud se hi ho jayenge juda. Yeah. Okay. Ready? All right. So. One, two, three, start. There we go. Okay. One, <laughs> no, 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 go for it, go for it. Okay. Start, start, start. One, two, three, start. Hum, there have been a burden, a 
Tell, we did it. We did it. What do you want to tell people? What do you want to tell people about the sitar before we go? Um, yeah, just come to sitar for mental health events. Yeah. Oh, it. yeah. We follow. I will like when we post this on socials. I'll obviously yeah. tag you. We're gonna make a TikTok later too. Let's do it. We're making a TikTok later. We're gonna make a TikTok later, and we'll we'll tag him and stuff. But um, Rishabh, thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And, and after you do your study, you'll have to come back and tell us. Absolutely, and. Um, my apologies for rescheduling a couple of times. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. There was but one week we had two guests who had food poisoning oh, and then Rishabh decided oh, to yeah. have a life. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, it was his mother's birthday, it's fine. Yeah, it was my mom, mom's birthday. Also like this, this thing with Canada, like whenever I go to Canada, the first two days I have like the most amount of fun, but the last day is like terrible for me. For the first time I had like um, this Iranian pizza in Montreal and I got like a really bad food poisoning and this time i just had some expired popcorn <laughs> so you, by choice you, you had you had food poisoning this time yeah every time Why I does food poisoning i don't know but that uh, literally Anyways, in I'm one here, week i'm healthy he's I'm, healthy he's live I'm, I'm touring i'm uh chilling i'm living my life and yeah. Then, um, yeah one step at a time and thank you so much for having rishab sharma everyone Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you I have been Chelsea Hart. This has been Rishab. And we have all been resensitizing. Thank you very much. <laughs>